hhtj.tax. The international tax firm for six, seven, and eight-figure investors and entrepreneurs who are living that international life. Are you ready? In doing research for, for this conversation, I saw that there's been some legislative changes recently in New Zealand. There's a, some sort of new trustee act. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? How has that changed things in, in, a, in any way? You know, has it, how, how has it meaningfully impacted, especially the international trust space as opposed to the domestic trust space? So the, so the, the Trust Act 2019 is the first piece of trust legislation in 60 years. So the old trust legislation was a bit out of date. Um, so the uh, impact of the 2019 legislation was to change some of the rules uh, and some of the governance and some of the operations. So the new act requires, well, the first, the first big advantage, under the old act, you had to have a trust that could only last 80 years, that's gone. You can have a trust now for as long as you like. There's no limit on the number of years that you can have a trust in place. It's open-ended. Um, and that's quite helpful because there's a number of farming trusts that are up to their third generation and they're sort of saying, should I have to um, get rid of this trust? Or I have to divest all the assets because my term is up. Well, that's gone. So that's all, that's quite helpful. There are new rules in terms of governance. So the, and I think this is a good thing because trusts are only as good as the record keeping that, that occurs and the governance that is recorded in the trustee. Trusts have been set aside where simply nothing happened. The trustees didn't meet, they didn't discuss anything, they didn't do anything. It just operated as if it was them still who set up the trust without any actual record keeping, governance and maintenance. That's just been reinforced in the legislation. You need to have good, very good record keeping. Trustees need to meet at least regularly, so twice a year rather than never. Um, and they have to maintain good financial records. Nothing wrong with that. that, that that's actually helpful because trusts need to have those things in any of them. Um, there are disclosure requirements and the disclosure requirements require you to provide the financial balance sheet of the trust to the beneficiaries. That has caused some concern, of course. You know, you can obtain a waiver of that from the beneficiaries. So the beneficiaries, and generally, uh, families have obtained waivers from their children, because they often don't want to show that their children that there's all this money sitting in this trust that they're a beneficiary of. And they might not decide to work because they know that they're going to receive millions of dollars on the death of their mother or their father. Um, so you don't, you do have to disclose if you don't want, uh, if you don't get a waiver from the beneficiaries. Now, a number of trusts don't want to do that. Uh, maybe they don't want to show the charity what's in the in the trust because they're going to get all these requests and bits and pieces until they're ready to actually make those sorts of decisions. You can effectively contract. For foreign trusts, you can contract out of that trust act. You can do that by simply changing the jurisdiction in the trustee that applies to that trust. So we had a number of, well, not a number, but one three or four weeks ago chose Singapore and one chose South Africa as the jurisdiction that applied to the New Zealand foreign trust. It's still a New Zealand foreign trust. It's still registered here as a New Zealand foreign trust. But the jurisdiction that applies to the operation of the law of that trust is either Singapore or South Africa. 
and therefore the Trust Act of New Zealand does not apply at all to that foreign trust. And I think that's what you're going to see more and more. People simply saying, don't really want to have to disclose the beneficiaries or the funds that are sitting in this trust every year. I don't really want the, the hassle of explaining why I need a waiver from that. I'll just change the jurisdiction and the trust deed for the New Zealand Foreign Trust. Um, if you've got a New Zealand domestic trust, then you're stuck with the New Zealand Trust Act. You can't jurisdiction out for a domestic trust. That's where you've got a New Zealand resident settlor. But there are means and ways of getting around that outside the gambit of this discussion. If you really want to get into that sort of detail in terms of how you might be able to achieve that for your domestic trust, it's best to get in contact with me directly and I'll take you through those steps. There's a bit of work to get there. But if you really want to not have the beneficiaries uh, entitled to that disclosure and you don't want to go and get waivers because they, you might be getting that question like, why do I have to sign a waiver and what's in the trust deed? Um, then come see me or talk to me and I'll take you through how we might be able to do that for you. Um, but I don't think that's really a subject for discussion here. Yeah. So if you're a six, seven or eight figure investor, entrepreneur or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.